Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. It is Tuesday, I believe, February 8th, uh, maybe 9th. Uh, I'm, actually, uh, it's sometime in early February. Anyway, uh, it is a Tuesday morning, and if it's the first time tuning in to Snake Oil Radio, uh, welcome. If you're... Uh, if you'd like to call in and ask questions or comment on our show's subject today, I will give you a call-in number in just a few minutes. Uh, format of the show is uh, I am your host, Jim Ventura. I'll tell you a little bit about me in a moment. Uh, I will read my monthly column. I write a column called Snake Oil. Uh, I send it out through the Internet, and I've been doing this for about five, six years now. I'm also a published writer, and in fact, uh, normally I read my monthly column, my blog column, uh, Snake Oil, but uh, this actual day I'm going to read a an essay from one of my first uh, published book, uh, Dirty Little Secrets, and it's appropriately about Valentine's Day, and uh, I will, then we'll, we'll open up the phone lines and the chat room if you've got questions or comments. Uh, it's kind of a day to talk about our love lives in that sense, good for the good and for bad. Um, if you'll bear with me today, I have some really nice sinus stuff going on. Uh, I noticed that um, pretty typically an early to mid-February here in Phoenix, where I live, uh, is kind of one of the uh, starts of our major allergy season for most people who have allergies, and I am among them, although it's actually pretty mild. But today I'm at the peak of that, so if I sound a little nasally, uh, it is because of that particular issue, but no no crisis by any means. Okay, so again, uh, I am Jim Ventura. I'm a published author, and I am uh, an oracle reader. I, I do uh, coaching and counseling sessions, and I use numerology and astrology and tarot and runestones and all kinds of good stuff like that. So... Uh, if you are uh, interested in more information on that, get some info on the website of the link here at Blog Talk Radio. I'd just like to start off my show by reading my monthly column. So again, this is a piece from my first self-published uh, book called Dirty Little Secrets, and it's called Valentine's Day Massacre. It was Valentine's Day again. A parade of ads for jewelry, flowers, and chocolates for the one you loved barred me and the rest of the world through the media. I saw couples wearing red shirts and matching sweaters and rollerblading side-by-side through the park. I saw lovers walking hand-in-hand, sweeter scenes and the tons of chocolate hearts overpriced and everywhere around me. I thought to myself, was I bitter this Valentine's Day? I was single, but I felt pretty okay. I was not going to let this artificial holiday and my present state of aloneness get to me this year. I was not going to succumb to melancholy. It was good to be single again. I've been celibate for five months. The last relationship disaster had taught me a lot about myself. I cleared up some very negative old patterns. I was now in the process of becoming a happy single man. I planned for dinner that Valentine's evening with a friend. Her husband was out of town, and we thought we would eat, drink, and be merry. I bought a bottle of wine at the supermarket, went to the gym for a workout, and then headed home. I felt great until a song called Secret Separation by the group The Fix played 
on the radio. It was a song Christopher and I both loved. We listened to it over and over again months before. It was something we had shared. Connected by love for an obscure song, full of emotion and metaphysical meanings from the 80s. As I listened, I began to feel it all again. Reliving history and feeling waves of loss, regret, and sadness. I was reduced to a blubbering fool and longing for a love that was damaged. A love that could not return love to me in a healthy way. At the same time, I was angry with myself. I thought I had long buried this issue. Why was I so weak? How could this still haunt me? I should have been long over this. I was putting myself through an emotional ringer all over again. How does one make love go away? Before dinner, I was able to get a nap in. As I drifted off to sleep late that afternoon, I prayed and meditated. I asked my higher self, God, to release me from this pain. I wanted to be whole again. I asked for whatever it would take to bring me to resolution. I drifted off to sleep feeling a little better. As I woke, I felt as if something had shifted inside of me. I wasn't sure if it was good or bad, but something had changed. I was running late, so after a quick shower, I scrambled out the door and got in my car to drive to my friend's house for dinner. Traffic was at a standstill. I was completely stopped on the freeway, and all four lanes were not, all four lanes were not moving. The Cadillac behind me didn't notice my brake lights or that my car, along with every other car, was stopped. He plowed into me at nearly 65 miles an hour. Thanks to my seatbelt, I was still in my seat when the emergency medical team woke me from my unconscious state. It was like waking from a dream. My neck hurt. I was dazed and confused, yet physically still intact. As they took me to the hospital on a stretcher, I could see the destroyed rear end of my car. It was totaled. I was released from the hospital within two hours. Everyone marveled at how I had survived this accident. The next few weeks devolved some chiropractic visits, and it took many months of hard work to fully heal from my slight concussion and whiplash. Yet I healed. There were many interesting signs and connections around the event. I was rear-ended on Valentine's Day. This was what my previous relationship felt like. Emotionally, I was brutal with myself. Now I'd experienced someone physically brutalizing me. I'd asked for whatever it would take to end the sadness over my lost love. The accident forced me to put all my energy into taking care of me. That morning, I pulled a Viking rune stone out of my oracle bag. The runes are instead of carved small stones. The glyphs on the runes are helpful for meditation and practically useful in navigating one's life course. The stone I pulled was Hagalith. It referred to a radical disruption, the need for change, and waking up from a long sleep. The rune suggested a hailstorm was coming. Difficult situations, severe disruption, and forced growth with key words in this rune's implications. I went through a personal hurricane that day. The oracle had been quite accurate. And as for change, and it came. I began to see that I was healing, that it was okay that I needed some time to get through this process. There was no rush, no clock ticking. It was healing slowly, 
but healing just the same. Just as I cannot rush my healing emotional self, I cannot be impatient with the healing of my body. I survived my, my Valentine's Day massacre. I reminded myself that in the future it would make it a conscious point to be kinder to myself and be more patient and loving with my healing process, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally. No longer needed to create a car accident or any other catastrophe to wake me up. Consciously, as well as unconsciously, we create the events of our lives. I had learned this metaphysical fact a long time ago. I needed to examine why I created a car accident to wake me up. I stepped into a storm that Valentine's Day and it changed my life. I asked for whatever it would take. I would remember in the future that when I asked to talk to my higher self in prayer and meditation, I would ask for gentle change when I made such requests. Still, this personal hurricane served a purpose. I was awake again, and my storm had passed. There's a similar symbol in the tarot. One of the major, major, one of the 22 major arcana cards depicts a tower violently being struck with lightning. The cards in the tarot are actual symbols, archetypes, and spiritually significant lessons that life teaches us. Many of the cards represent the joyous, wonderful experiences of life. Some represent difficult yet necessary lessons. Human beings inevitably experience some aspect of these symbols during their lifetimes. The reference to the Tower was similar to the Old Testament story of the Tower of Babel. Desperate to get closer to God and heaven, the people of the times built a tower. God was unhappy with their misguided attempt to reach him and struck down the tower. We all occasionally go through periods of our lives when our old constructs, beliefs, relationships, friendships, jobs go through collapse. I spent many years waiting for my soulmate, my essence twin, finding that other part of me. However, I made the mistake of being attached to an outcome. I thought we'd walk hand in hand into the sunset, living happily ever after. My tower had been struck down. I not captured in him having a completely different script than mine. The truth had surfaced. The catastrophe came and I was awakened. The illusion I had for many years was decimated. I remember being a child growing up on Long Island. From time to time, hurricanes would show. Trees would get knocked down. Garbage cans would blow all over the neighborhood. Telephone lines would come down. And sometimes the roofs of houses or businesses would be torn off. After the storm, we would hop on our bikes and survey the destruction. The air was different after a storm. It would be clean, fresh, and crisp with new vitality. You would see the changes to the landscape and feel them too. There was always destruction. Some houses got hit hard, yet some were left untouched. Nature had its own plan. The storms always left a powerful impact on our neighborhood, on everyone living there. I was once again surveying destruction after a storm. Okay, so that's an essay I wrote uh, back in, actually, believe it or not, 2002. Uh, one of the points I made, if anyone uh, is uh, getting my uh, monthly column uh, through the Internet, was that uh, – hold on. Let me say hello to this chat room person here. One of the points that I – I like to make about this is this was some years ago. Uh, certainly things are a lot better 
in uh, my uh, relationship life right now. Uh, in fact, that was a very powerfully transformative relationship situation. So certainly not in a bad space this Valentine's Day. Um, but I did think it was a good thing to put that column up because, you know, certainly as a spiritual counselor, I find that there is really a lot of difficulty in this area for many people. You know, we have all kinds of programming about what our relationships are supposed to be like. We all get, uh, you know, uh, we all get uh, a format for what we're supposed to have, what kind of love we're supposed to have. And I can tell you from, from personal experience, from having worked with many, many people and done many years of counseling others, what I see out there in you know relationship land and marriage is not really what the storybooks would, would in essence have us believe. You know, there are people who have wonderful relationships, absolutely, and find that right partner. And they it does this does exist, but in 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 terms of probability of numbers, it's it's not as commonplace as people would think. Most people either are going through some difficulty, have gone through some difficulty, or in many cases, um, just simply may have even given up. I see someone in our chat room here. Uh, I'll say hello to you. It looks like Mleal831 mentioning that he or she does not have a love life. Uh, (laughs) That is also uh, very, very, very commonplace. and uh yeah some people have you know ha- have just don't find that to be an area of uh fulfillment for them or maybe they had difficulty and they've kind of given up on trying at some levels uh you know i i certainly have to <laughs> i certainly have to admit that you know there is a definite change in the the consciousness of of this country and maybe the world in general around this issue of marriage and relationship. Really, I think that we're we're hardwired to want to find a partner and a relationship. I do think that that's a natural thing that exists within our psyches. Um, I think, though, that, you know, traditional mar- uh, marriages and the, the idea of marrying and, and having children and living happily ever after is really not something that holds true to form for many people in this uh, day and age, you know, at a practical level, we don't have the need for reproduction the way we may have needed it, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago when people lost children to illness or needed more uh, workers on the farm. Uh, you know, we, we have a different experience now in that sense as well. So I'd like to think that people look for relationships for companionship primarily, uh, and which to me is, is certainly healthier uh, in general. Uh, you know, like uh, I'm getting some interesting comments in the chat room here, so of course I'm going to uh, comment on those as well. And uh, I see we have, I have difficulty and I've given up written in our chat room here. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, not something that is uncommon. Uh, many people have had uh, some real difficulty along the way. I know, you know, if anyone has caught the story that I wrote, 
this was uh, a very, very painful experience for me. I had, you know, believed I had fall, fallen in love with the love of my life and uh, had a level of passion and camaraderie that was mind-boggling. But uh, if anyone, uh, this, this particular essay that I wrote is from a, a series of essays in the book that led up to that experience as well of some real uh, abuse emotionally and psychologically that I ended up dealing with in that relationship. You know, one of the things that I find, and I, you know, I often tell clients this, um, you know, be really, really aware. In order to have a healthy relationship with someone else, you've got to have a good relationship with yourself. You've got to love yourself. You've got to be okay with who you are. You have to feel worthy and deserving of being treated well. Um, then in addition, if you get involved with someone who is unhappy with themselves or angry or full of self-loathing, inevitably they're going to be abusive to you or abandon you or you know, not treat you well also because you know, people can't give in a kind, loving way when they're not able to give in a kind, loving way to themselves. So this was an interesting thing that I learned because I, you know, I, I've had, like a, a lot of, of people that I've met, I had a tendency when younger to equate love and therapy together. Um, you know, I kind of call it the finding the wounded bird syndrome. And I always like to say that the problem with finding a, a wounded bird, um, obviously this is an, anal an analogy, <laughs> Like, for instance, falling in love with someone who's an alcoholic or someone who is having trouble finding um, fulfilling work or has major family issues. When you fall in love with a wounded bird, even if you fix the wounded bird, the wounded bird is likely to inevitably fly away or, you know, more probably, you know, peck your eye out in that sense um, and almost come up with some level of resentment. Now, I have many, many clients that I've talked to over the years who had husbands or wives who they paid their way to go through school, and then the person went to school, and then the relationship fell apart after that, or, you know, any other number of uh, scenarios that we see here that are um, really about, you know, unresolved issues that, that occur within the individual's that are wounded to begin with. You know, I, one of the things I like to r remind everyone is, I mean, at some level we're all wounded. You know, when we, uh, one of the most common things that I see among clients is typically what most people do is you often will have your most intense relationship experiences with someone that represents the most wounded of your parents. This is often what we do unconsciously. So it doesn't matter whether you're straight, gay, lesbian, any of those other things, or whether the more wounded parent was the father or the mother. But typically, whatever parent was more wounded tends to be what we tend to create in our, our love life process, especially early on when we're younger. That's why it's really, really uncommon for people to get married very, very young and have long-term uh, marriages or relationships that last for many, many, many years. While it does happen, again, it's more uncommon. Because a lot of times our early marriages or relationships are built around this idea of rescuing and resolving some wounds from our childhood. So this is actually, this is really a good thing to look at in your own psyche, of course. Uh, I'm actually going to throw in the, 
call-in number here before I go into more detail about this. Uh, if you're in the chat room, feel free to make comments or ask questions there, or you can call uh, us here at uh, 646-200-3966. That's the call-in number um, if you've got a question to ask or a comment to make uh, around any of this. Uh, certainly, please feel free to. Uh, but anyway, back to what I was saying. You know, we do uh, have this tendency to have some, some of our most wounded relationships early on. And again, if they were particularly brutal or difficult, you know, we might find ourselves giving up later on in life. You know, there's a good side to this and a bad side to this. I mean, the good side, of course, is, you know, to be a self-sufficient individual that doesn't have to find a relationship out of need is is healthy. It means, it means you're strong. It means you're confident. It means you're not afraid of being alone in that sense. But on the other side, we have to be careful that we don't run from intimacy in some ways out of fear or because we've been repeatedly hurt in that sense. You know, hopefully if we've gone through a difficult issue with someone in a relationship, we've reached a point where we can forgive and be able to, to move through that experience. You know, what, one of the things that I always sort of notice is, I, I kind of say this in a joking way, but there's some obviously some clear truth in it. My joke is I would say all exes get hit with the ugly stick, meaning that in a healthy individual, once you're out of a relationship, if someone breaks out with you or leaves you or it doesn't work out, it is pretty normal for us to, after a brief amount of time, to see that ex or run across that ex and not feel an attraction, to kind of think, eh, you know, not attracted, not pulled in, not feeling um, that energy anymore, maybe even thinking they're not attractive at all. Believe it or not, that's not something that comes out of anger. That is something uh, that comes out of kind of a, a natural healing process. In other words, you shouldn't still be hung up on an ex. It should be normal to kind of begin to see that even if that person left you, um, that you're able to... Uh, hold on, let me write something in my chat room here. Question. Um, uh, you should be able to see that it was, you know, your own inner self ending the relationship at some level too. In other words, it had the relationship had run its course. See, that's the thing. We're not. We make the assumption a lot of times that when you're with someone, it's supposed to be forever. When the truth of it is, that's often uh, not the case. Uh, not every relationship is meant to be a life relationship. You know, some relationships are meant to be for, you know, uh, 10 years or maybe a year or two months or maybe 10 minutes, you know, a, a short flirtation that, 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 you know, excites you in the day. We, we have this idea that everything is meant to be long-term. And in many cases, it's really not. You know, I look at all of my exes, and I think to myself, you know, I, I don't look back and necessarily regret the losses anymore. There's still a sadness about it. But, again, it, it's kind of a right thing at some levels that you've moved on and, and moved forward. 
and, and that's really an ownership thing and really has a lot to do with forgiveness. Be able to forgive yourself for the mistake, forgive the other person. This is what's healthy in, in moving us forward. Um, I've got a question here in my chat room, so I'm going to answer that about asking for a mini-reading. Yes, absolutely. If you want to ask a question, um, I can pull a quick oracle. I just always like to keep these to about five minutes, whether by phone or by the chat room. So, yeah, absolutely. If you have a question you'd like to ask, feel free to either call it in or type it in, and I'll see what I can pick up on that for you. Okay? Anyway, so I'm going to keep talking uh, about this subject. So, yeah, that 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 is something uh, that we need, we need to be aware of. Again, that's why my joke is I say all exes get hit with the ugly stick because, you know, I think it's actually somewhat unnatural to run across an ex from 10 years ago and be like, oh, my God, I still have those feelings, they're unresolved. You know, I mean, I think that we, we do move past it and we do move through it. I know that it's natural when a relationship does end to to mourn the loss and to feel sad sadness, and even at times anger. Obviously, not uncommon um, us to feel angry or betrayed or victimized, especially if we were broken up with or mistreated uh, in some type of a uh, a cruel way. But um, it is it's natural to go through the process, but it's also natural for us to inevitably heal through that at some level, to be able to put it in a proper context and see that some part of us ended the relationship, even though we may not see it that way initially, that going deeper and looking inside of ourselves, um, if someone leaves us, there was some part of us too that was either had an abandonment fear and was fearful of creating that, or at some level we, we wanted them to go, but we couldn't be the initiator to make that happen. Okay, so on that note, I'm going to answer a little question here uh, from mleal831. Question is, am I going to find love soon in a long-term relationship? Okay, let me see what I can get on that. Hold on just a moment. Okay, so I, I, I pulled a rune on this question, and the runestone came up movement reversed. So let me tell you what I'm getting on this. I'm actually, rather than type this, um, I'm going to just say this on air. It just takes me too long to type and attempt to talk while I'm on air at the same time. So I will just kind of give you this to this verbally for Emil831. So movement reversed. This is really, really suggesting that at this point in the game, I'm feeling like there really is nothing around you. I really, I, I think I'm giving you some validation on that. It's almost like you're not even plugged in at all. It feels like this whole area is absolutely dammed up and just blocked at this point. What I'd like to tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm getting some impressions about where this is going, and that's something I'm going to tell you about that in a minute, but it feels to me like the wounding from your past has really left you confused at some levels about what you want, what you're open to, and I feel like there's some part of you that shut down. Um, I don't even necessarily say that in an unhealthy way. It's almost like a self-protection issue at some level as well, 
that that's where the, the, the shutdown has come from in that respect. So the thing that I'm feeling, though, is it does, it does feel like there's something coming up. I feel like there's a long-term relationship coming up in 2011. But before that, it feels to me like, you know, I feel a, a romance or a flirtation entering into the picture again for you. Um, this may be as soon as August or October of this year. So it feels to me like something actually is getting ready to kind of come your way again because you guys keep sort of saying to me that it's meant to wake you up. It's meant to get you back to even considering the game because it is to the point you're not even in the game. <laughs> I say that in the best possible way, but you're not even in the game. Part of it is also realizing that what you went through before in, in previous relationship difficulties is actually finished. In other words, whatever that lesson was, that karma and that experience, you're actually through that. So the good news is you won't be recreating similar things as you, you had before. So I feel like that's the good news in all of this. You're not going to recreate it. So stop worrying about that. You're safe. You're, you're really absolutely safe. You're not, and it's also that you're smarter in some respects as well. But see, what ended up happening for you is you got smarter and sharper and, and more self-protective so you won't let yourself get abused or walked on, but kind of in the process you also shut down the excitement of allowing um, the play of love. So what they're telling me is it seems like the, the latter part of the summer to the early um, fall, you begin to get back in touch with flirtation. So it doesn't feel like you're necessarily getting a relationship as much as that time, as much as you're flirting again and you're feeling that sense of play. And they keep telling me, I'm actually getting, this is a line from the runes, they keep saying, what is yours will come to you. In other words, this is actually going to come your way. So there isn't that much that you have to do to make this happen because I can see your mind is beginning to think about, you know, being attractive enough for it, putting yourself in the right space for it. I definitely would recommend you you taking care of yourself in that sense if that makes you feel good, but that's not really required to make this come your way. There's something about the circumstances itself where it's almost going to feel a little bit like this falls in your lap. So on the good side, it feels like a flirtation. I don't want you to get confused if it doesn't necessarily lead to a long-term relationship because one will follow and it might, not, it might also be this relationship, but there's definitely something that follows in 2011 because it looks like by February, March of next year, you seem to be in something again. And it's funny because it's not like what you have had before. In fact, I keep almost getting that it's sort of like something that was an idea or a, a feeling that you had when you were much younger. Like, So it feels kind of good in that sense. Like it's not clingy, it's not um, heavy, but it's with someone that feels very honest and very clear and very uh, true to what they say. So, yeah, there's something around the corner that way that I, I keep seeing the door opening in that sense and it being very fun. But what I'm getting is you, you've got to tap into the play and the romance again and not worry so much about whether it's long-term whether it's for life, it's more about 
seeing the fun in it and the joy in it in the first place. And there is someone that's going to bring that idea to you um, in this coming year. So, yeah, and then it feels like there's a longer-term relationship that follows in 2011. It's almost like you've got to, you've got to kind of get back on the horse again. But on the good side, i got to tell you, there's nothing that you actually have to specifically do. It's not, um, it's not like you're doing anything wrong. It's more an issue of opening up. And let me see if I can get a mantra for you. Um, okay, the mantra that I'm getting for you is, it's safe for me to love and be loved. That's what I want you to say to yourself. It's safe for me to love and be loved. And do that for a little while. See, when you, when you, when you change your consciousness thinking that way, our first response, of course, is if we don't believe that, we're going to resist that at some levels at first or think it's BS. But the truth of it is when you repeat that mantra enough to yourself, eventually you know, your unconscious or subconscious mind believes things you tell it as if it's a fact. So if you do that repetitively, just like on a daily basis, a minute to say quietly, it is safe for me to love and be loved, you will find that that door will open for you again in that sense. And ask your spirit guides, ask the angels to help you with it. But there's no rush. It feels like it's still a little bit of a ways off um, because you're not quite ready, but you're getting closer to. But it's funny because it feels like they keep sort of saying it's like in the time of Leo that this comes up for you again. So August. Um, it might be uh, the Libra time, but it, either way, it feels like around that period where that play comes in. And there's something about a deeper commitment that seems to show itself in a uh, somewhat early uh, point of 2011. So, yeah, there's absolutely hope. Uh, Leo 831 you're not out of the game. You've just been away from it for a while. And, yeah, I can absolutely validate that there's nothing going on around you now. I mean, it's just not even in your, in your psyche at this point in the game. But that will change. You will see that begin to shift. Okay, I hope that was a help. Uh, you know, I know for me, uh, and you're saying your birthday is August 21st too, right on that cusp of uh, Leo and, and, and getting into, beginning to dance into Virgo. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's around the right time in that sense for that to come back up. Um, yeah, I could go. I'm going to shift gears. I can go. Uh, I, I'm, I think uh, I could go more into detail about this. I'm getting a lot of information. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it for there with that being enough information for you now. Certainly, if you want to get more on this, you can always contact me for a private session as well. Um, but anyway, thank you for asking the question and opening yourself up to that in that sense. Uh, you know, I think you speak for a lot of the, the my, my listeners uh, and people who read my column and yeah, this can this can be a really really tough area. I know it has been for me. Um, you know, I'm dating again, and I'm actually dating someone very nice, and it's going well. Although I don't feel like it's a long term relationship um, for for multiple reasons that I won't get into. It's certainly um, a different pattern in that this is a kind individual, a good person, someone who is not abusive by any means, and that's uh, a different patterning for me. You know, it's it's really uh, very very important look at the roots of what we came out of. Again, I can't suggest this enough, that a lot of times if you think about it, the relationships that we have 
that didn't work, if you look back on them, you'll often see that they were sort of like the worst elements of your mother or the worst elements of your father. Like for me, a lot of... Uh, my father was a very gregarious, loving Italian man, where my mother was more kind of cold um, and uh, difficult to expressing emotion and affection. So although I knew, always knew my mother loved me, what ended up happening for me is I began to associate coldness with love, weirdly enough. So a lot of my early relationships were that way where it wasn't even there or I misread someone being cold and shut down as them actually caring. There was a lot of that as part of the patterning uh, that I, I dealt with when I was younger. But I read a really amazing book some years ago um, that I highly recommend. It's called Radical Forgiveness by a man named Colin Tipping. Um, I highly recommend recommend this to my clients. I certainly recommend this to my listeners. Grab that book, uh, Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping, and read that book. And that will really help to get in touch with where these block patterns come from. Um, and then, because you can move through them. That's what we have to remember. You're not permanently stuck in these difficult structures or relationships. We are, you know, karma is, our karma is our karma, absolutely. We certainly have karma to deal with from this life and other lifetimes. But the bottom line is wisdom erases karma. We don't have to continue repeating a pattern once we understand and have the awareness and move through it. So that's one of the gifts of forgiveness. I always suggest clearly forgive every ex you've ever had. You don't have to even necessarily make a phone call or, or write them and do it. You can write a letter and burn it. You can just do it energetically, but release and forgive everyone no matter how crappy they were in your past. I cannot suggest this enough. Um, one of the characters I wrote about in my, in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, Christopher, was um, really probably one of the most abusive uh, relationships I'd ever been in. And it really was, was shocking to run across that level of emotional, psychological abuse. Not physical, by the way. You know, I'm a... I'm a a uh, five foot eleven, two hundred pound, very well built guy. So you know, no, I'm not open to letting anybody physically be abusive to me. It was more emotional and psychological. But you know, interestingly, um, I wasn't able to write about this in the book as much. But one of the things that came out of that was um, the realization that this individual had a tremendous amount of self loathing, a lot of anger, a tremendous amount of anger toward his. Uh, uh, toward his father and toward his stepfather and even um, all the exes. There was still anger around it. Um, and that really should have been kind of a, a signal for me in that sense. When someone has that kind of anger uh, toward themselves, they're clearly going to be angry with you or sabotage any relationship that comes along. So I, I realized that later on. But that's the thing about love. Love is not logical. We don't fall in love um, logically. We, our heart brings us there. And we can trust the heart. We just have to know how to use the heart and the head together in a functioning kind of a way. And if someone is abusive or difficult, then back away. Um, and know when it's time to retreat in a healthy way and, and, and release it if it's no longer um, joyful. And it isn't that we 
don't need to work through our relationships. We absolutely do. But not if they're so difficult, and certainly not with someone that isn't working with you either, in that sense. But, you know, one of the, the, the thing I ended my, my first book with is, the last line of my book is, if it isn't fun, don't do it. And, you know, that might sound like a, a uh, lazy approach to, uh, a very, very lazy approach to life. But, no, I, I would have to agree still that there's some validity to that. We often get caught up in the idea that love or life itself has to be difficult. And this can apply to any area of your life, whether it be your uh, work, your relationships, your family. You know, if it's really hard, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it shouldn't be that hard. And, you know, and one of the things I will, I certainly will mention this again to Leo 831 you know, be proud that you're okay being alone. There is no shame in that. Really, there isn't. You, you know, there's something um, to being healthy enough uh, to know when being okay is all right. Sometimes we need periods of aloneness in our lives. I have one friend of mine who's uh, been married five times. She just got divorced from her fifth husband. I love her to death. But um, this might be, um, uh, you know, a little bit of a version of, of marriage addiction, by the way. And again, it's not a judgment. It's just an observation. Some people become relationship junkies, which can be just as unhealthy as being absolutely closed off to it, you know, for life in that sense as well. We've got to kind of find a middle ground here. So, anyway, that said, looks like I'm actually running toward the end of my time here. So uh, I would like to uh, mention a few things before I, I sign off. Uh, uh, this show runs uh, usually the first or second Tuesday of each month. I do do it monthly. I will be beginning uh, in the next couple of months adding a second show each month, uh, what I like to call my interview show. When I interview someone who is uh, somewhat metaphysical in the field in different capacities, so feel free to uh, contact me if you're interested in getting an interview show done. Uh, if you're not getting my column, um, you probably, you know, that's a good thing to do. It doesn't cost anything. I send out snake oil once a month. And it's a free service. Email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or at VenturaWords at Mac.com. All that information, by the way, is directly on the website and the link that you'll find with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can also check in and get alerts for when my next radio show is going to be. But I do send that information out at the beginning of the month with my newsletter each month. Uh, if you're interested in my book, uh, Dirty Little Secrets, that can be purchased on Amazon.com or you can contact me directly through my website, which again, information is on the uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio page, uh, but you can absolutely get hold of me at uh, web.mac.com slash VenturaWords and get a copy of my book, either in print or I also have it on uh, audio CD. So if you'd like to just listen to it, um, I want to thank all of my listeners. Um, uh, this does go to archive, so you'll be able to catch this on archive if you've only caught the end of it. Um, special thanks to Emilio831, uh, and she's absolutely right. Here she is absolutely right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Focus on yourself. Get yourself in a good space. You know, I'll, I'll leave you. With, I'll leave you with this last thought. You know, in the Druid tradition, they see um, goose and ducks as representing relationship. 
And the idea is, in order for the goose, the duck, to keep laying the golden egg, it has to be well-fed, well-exercised, and well-taken care of. Take care of yourselves. Be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Uh, treat yourself well and be loving, because you are a great, amazing person. And when you know that, without arrogance, in a healthy kind of a way, then someone will read that and, and, and see that attribute in you and be drawn to that. And that's what you want to use to draw people to you. You want to really be in touch with that part of you that treats and gives to yourself and treats yourself well. Because if you do, then that's what you're going to get from a mate, someone that understands that that's how they have to be in order to be with you, to be good and kind and loving to you and that you deserve it. So I remind everyone that this Valentine's Day, don't worry about where you are. You are in the right spot. And if you're alone, you're not always necessarily going to be alone. And if you're in a bad relationship, you'll find a way to resolve it or you'll find a way to move through it and out of it and onto something better. So know that you're in the right spot. Know that you're good. Know that you're loved. And be happy with whoever you are. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, I'll catch you all next time. Everyone have a wonderful uh, February and a uh, magical Valentine's Day on your own or with others, period.